Peace, power, and blessings to everybody. Back again, this is the Pitch Podcast with your host, Satchel Page. We are about preservation of the funk over here. Um, it's been kind of a crazy week for most of you people out there. Uh, I'm not speaking to any deplorables, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, my audience should should have like you know quite an interesting last couple of days. Uh, anyway, I'm up here in the man room with a very, very, very good friend of mine, uh, one of the most intelligent brothers I know, very uh, distinguished gentleman uh, over here. I'm going to let him introduce himself to you all. What's up, everybody? This is uh, Bloggy Bonilla, uh, a.k.a. one half of the Comprehensive Beatdown, um, a.k.a. a whole bunch of other stuff, but we'll, we'll just leave it right there for right now. <laughs> all right. So t- tell me real quick, what is the Comprehensive Beatdown? Um, that's a podcast that I do with uh, our our, uh, our main man G, uh, Silent G. Um, we just basically it's a it's a semi weekly. We do it, you know. We try to do as many as we can. We're on episode eighty five, I think now. Really, what we do is we just play a record every week. Normally, it's a new record. I think this year is going to be a little slow in music, so we might do a bunch of uh, anniversary records this year. Cool. Uh, just talk about the music, uh, talk about whatever's going on, talk about what's on TV at the time. I mean, it's it's really open, yeah, you know. Yeah. It's really loose. Yeah, um, very loose. But we 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 like to we like to you know introduce people to new music and things like that. Uh, we're part of a little little bit bigger collective, the the uh, Dope Media Network, which is um, us. You're now a part of yeah, that yeah. Um, because Saturday. So. Um, and there's a kind of a big podcast community in the Jackson area, the where you know True. where we're at. So um, we're just kind of part of that, you know, our little our little small part of that collective. And you know, we do what we do and and um, try to hit people to just a little bit of new music. That's what's up. And I'm trying to hop on to that podcast community myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I've been there for a minute. You know, I think this is like actually the fourth podcast. Yeah, that I've done uh, did the Slam Evil podcast. Uh, the husbands, artists, fathers, and then dives, drives, and slides. So yeah. yeah, this is my first one where it's like you know me, where it's you, <laughs> you know, yeah. right? Sometimes but, I, I've thought about starting something where it's just me, but I don't know if I if I can. I don't know if I are cool enough. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel the same yeah, way. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's pressure. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's like I know I just I just have to be. I, I feel like I have to be. Just a wingman, right? Um, you know, on our on our podcast. So sometimes, you know, it's I, I think it's a little more cumbersome to, to, to take on the whole uh, the whole thing. And and we have a good partnership where, you know, I'll I'll upload the music onto the websites and everything, and he'll record everything and format it, and he does the write ups. So it's a good little you know it's a good little balance that we've got going. And right. it's really about. I mean, I've given up. I've given up blogging and, and all that writing and stuff like that just because my work takes up so much time and, and, and that's the only way I, I get money. So Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah I want to um, bring up the blogging uh, quickly because I, I remember uh, when I met you. Yeah. I met you at uh, Suite 106. Uh-huh. And it was kind of like a manifesto from Venom. You know, it was like, hey, this is Mike. Mike. This is her. Yeah, y'all are gonna be friends. Yeah. <laughs> and that was that was like basically yeah, it. Like Vim was just telling us like this yeah. is gonna happen. So, and uh, I think this is like uh, not too long after my first album came out. Yeah, and I remember you doing a write up mm-hmm. on that on a Key Beat Lock. Yeah, uh, that blog, and also doing you did the uh, write up for. Uh, Religion, Guns, and Money, my yeah. second album, uh-huh. and uh, I've said it before, but like that was what you wrote about it was exactly what I was trying to do with that album. Like yeah. every intention, every single song on there is like that's you wrote on there. So it's like okay, it's like yeah, he's just, he's not just cool, but it's like he he understands like yeah. my vision and what what I was trying to do with that album so I do appreciate that oh, no doubt man I mean I, I just I mean you made it I just you know I just wrote what I felt about it yeah um, so tell me about like you know your background you know I guess like from a musical perspective okay. yeah. um 
I don't want to know like it, who you dated in yeah back in back in high school. Like uh, right. Susie, right. Little, little Susie. <laughs> uh, nah, man. Uh, my 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 path is a is a weird one. I don't really talk about it much. Um, I was in Colorado when I really got into. I've been into hip hop since I was a, I mean, a kid. And um, I had uh, one of my best friends in high school, or actually, yeah, my my freshman year in high school. He was they had just moved to. Colorado from California and he brought this extensive collection of hip hop so in Colorado we just got kind of what was on the radio what was on BET what was on the box what was on MTV so he brought stuff that like E-40 and South Central Cartel and DJ Quick yeah. but also Big Daddy Kane and Slick Rick and 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 a bunch of different stuff Tribe Called Quest and he brought all that stuff out so I Instead of just getting peppered with it, with what you're getting on, you know, on TV and right. stuff, and what you could find in the CD stores, which wasn't much, he really introduced this to like a broader spectrum, and I just fell in love with it. So my other friends, you know, they they were into it, but I mean, I was like, I, I went off the deep end into it, and so I had always been. My mother had always played like a wide range of music for me, so she had always played like different kinds of music. So I was always into all kinds of different stuff so right. it was just kind of a natural progression for me to get into hip-hop so anyway fast forward to a few years i met a a, a homie and he he was in a hip-hop group in colorado called the Procussions, and um they were just getting started man i want to say this was like 98 99 and uh they were just getting started and so he worked with me and had introduced me to their music and it, they just had a little demo it was like four or five songs and um mm-hmm. And he let me listen to it. And I was like, man, that's really good. And there was five of them in the group at that time. And they were doing shows all over Colorado. They were, they were doing shows with everybody. Most Def came to Colorado and did shows with them. Uh, wow. Run DMC, The Roots, Common. Anybody that came to Colorado, Exhibit, Farside, Souls of Mischief, anybody they, that came to Colorado, the they did the shows with them. Okay. And so they got a little buzz going. And they had a great live show, man. If you ever had a chance to see them like back in the day, I mean, they put on an incredible live show. Their DJ was a DMC champion. I mean, just an incredibly uh, live show. Real live instrumentation and stuff. They did drum, they had a drum solo. I mean, it was just yeah. they were crazy. And actually, one of the group, one of the guys from that group, Stro Elliott, is getting pretty, pretty big now in like the beat, you know, in the beat, mm-hmm. hip-hop beat scene right now. So anyway, so... My man Q was in that group, and he introduced me to everybody, and so I was just going to shows, hanging out, and then it evolved into they needed somebody to help them with merch. So I was helping at merch. I was running the merch booths at shows and stuff like that, driving all the shows. Me and Q got real tight, and um, we were really good friends. We're still really good friends, but so I would, you know, he would ride with me. We'd just hang out, and then about a year into that, I want to say Q developed MS, and it was really crazy the way it all all happened and uh he ended up they were doing a show with dos effects and black sheep at the fox in boulder and he fell out on stage wow went to the doctor they told him he had vertigo and it was just anyway anyway it was a it was you know crazy just a crazy bunch of stuff that transpired so he ended up quitting the group or having to quit the group yeah and i wouldn't necessarily call that quitting no (laughs) he was like yeah so god had a different plan for him altogether so what happened was the group ends up doing all they can do in Colorado and uh, decides to take a leap, leap of faith and go to Los Angeles. So one by one, they left and went out there um, right after. And I think right when they got there, they went to Europe and did some shows and came back. And um, uh, one of the other guys in the group had emailed me and said, man, you need to come out here. And, and at first it was just a joke. And then <clears throat> got kind of serious. The job I had had, um, I was working for a retail store and they had kind of went out of business and I got just a little bit of severance money out of that. Mm-hmm. And, and I was in a weird spot personally. Um, and so I just kind of took that shot and went out there with them. Um, and they were doing shows all over this country then. And so we did like a, a, a nationwide tour where we drove all over the country and did like, man, we call it the don't sleep tour. And I think we did. I want to say we did like 32 shows in 36 days or something. Wow. Like that, man. And, Y'all were uh, working. Man. <laughs> so it might, I mean, it was something like that. It was insane. And so got back and, and um, they had signed a raucous at that point um, when raucous was coming back. Yeah. So and, this, this is like, not to pitch you off. This is 
2004, 2005, okay. somewhere, right. somewhere around there. And um, so anyway, so they, I started working with an offshoot group of them called Due Process. And then um, I was managing them. I didn't know what I was doing, but, you know, we were, we got signed, got them signed a record label that screwed them. Um, worked with some placement stuff. We had some connections, ended up doing some placement stuff, released a really good album um, on Avatar Records that they just didn't push. Um, I thought, it, we all thought it was a really good album. Everybody thought it was a really good album. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, anyway, fast forward a little bit. I worked with a couple other, um, couple other well-known DJs and hip hop people i helped develop a couple some talent i did some i did some marketing and management that kind of thing um developed some clothing stuff did did a whole bunch of stuff some clothing stuff for artists and um started writing that's when i started writing i guess i started writing in like 07 okay i started writing uh, on a couple hip-hop sites and um <clears throat> met jigsaw at allhiphop.com Submitted some stuff to them. Never got, never really took it seriously. I did some reviews for a couple other websites and um, started a blog. Or I was blogging for one of my former business associates on his website. Uh, well, our website, and um, that kind of fell through. And we had a little falling out. And that's when I started Kiwi to Lock. And I guess about 2010. And uh, it was just a labor of love. I just I like to write, and yeah. um, I, I had a lot of interesting insight into stuff and i had a lot of connections at labels and stuff so i would get music i still get some music early you know they still they haven't cut me out all yeah, the way yeah you know? i know <laughs> and i appreciate but, that um, <laughs> so uh um anyway man i i just but the problem with all that i i, I you know the problem with all, and there's a whole lot mixed into all into into everything like mm-hmm. what happened but i fell out of love with like hip-hop for a little while and music in general. I mean, music used to be my safe haven and my resting place. Right. Like, working in the industry with a bunch of cutthroat people that don't care. You know, it was just... Yeah. And I saw a real ugly side of things. And um, so I, I backed up a little bit. And, and when I moved back to Miss, when I moved back to Mississippi, <clears throat> I had no intentions to do anything like that. And, and, and kind of met Venom and... and you know, developed a friendship there and, and met you and a couple other people that in the city. And it's funny because most of them happen to be musicians. Right. <laughs> you yeah, know? No, so right. met like, you know, I met Skip, you, Jason, Venom. I met y'all all around the same time, your brother. Right. And so, um, so anyway, so there I was right back in the thick of things when it comes to music. But I mean, I kind of have a, I kind of have a, you know, a very, a varied path. You know, yeah, the music industry. Yeah, so. and, that, and that's that's cool. You know, that's that's what I, I learned some things myself right there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just you know interesting how everybody has their own individual story. You yeah. know, as far as the music goes, because you know, hey, it it seems to me like none of that was forced. It just seems like it was just kind of right place right time type of thing and you know yeah it was all just a matter of you being cool yeah you know and then you know people are working off of you being cool like hey this is a cool guy right here yeah come on to the fold you know you seem like you're trustworthy you know you're not gonna (laughs) jank us out of our merch or nothing like that um yeah it was um yeah i mean that was really a lot of it um you know, you, you play a you play a, I mean, not to get too personal here, but you, mm-hmm. you play a role for so long though. I mean, it ends up really, it ends up really messing with your psyche a lot. And um, so yeah, I mean, it, it was it was a lot of the right place at the right time. But you know, I didn't read the signs when I should have got out of a couple situations. Yeah, you know, before I did. You but know, I, I but got I, out. I think you know that's all like. Uh, you know, experience, just a oh, learning yeah. experience, you know, oh, because it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but you don't have like a background in like music business and oh, absolutely not. You're not studied and, in that. And I'm not, I, and I'll be the first to say I made like huge mistakes. I mean, the group that I work with, I mean, there's a group y'all can look them up, due process, like D E U X process. They put out a record in due time on, I mean, we did, we put that out in like, I think Oh six, and it, it's a it's a really it's a good album, man. I mean, these guys. I wish I would have known more about the business back then when I when I was doing when I was working with them. I wish I had a better understanding of things because I think I think that that could have gone a lot further. 
you know, but I, I really didn't know what I was doing. I mean, we, we were just lucky enough to be, be in with, I mean, this was when MySpace was a thing. We were in with the people at MySpace. Wow. Yeah. And, um, we, they put us on some music samplers that they Shout gave out to out Tom. To like, yeah. <laughs> I met that fool. <laughs> like, I went to the office and found out that Tom was just a partner. Like there was actually a couple guys ahead of Tom. Wow. Tom was like the face. Who knew? <laughs> and, um, but anyway, uh, he still got paid when they sold. Yeah, right. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, uh, it was, it was a great learning experience. And of course, I mean, I wouldn't be who I am if it wasn't for all of that stuff. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I mean, I wouldn't change any of it. Uh, I, of course, I made a lot of mistakes, but you know, I, I like where I'm at right now. And so without those mistakes, I wouldn't be here. So that's what's up, man. That's what it's all about. You know, who lives life perfectly? You know what I'm saying? Not, not one of us, you know, you go through mistakes. I mean, I think, um, uh, who was it? I can't remember the quote. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna even try to quote it. But it's, I think it's Miles Davis who was saying something about uh, like mistakes in, in music or whatever. Some to the effect where like, you know, there's nothing wrong with mistakes. You just kind of like build around the mistakes. I'm not gonna try to quote it because I'll butcher it right now. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't know it. But uh, some to that effect. Yeah. Um. I would agree with that 100%. I'd, I'd agree with what you just said 100%. So whatever he said, I'm sure was, <laughs> right. was very Miles Davis. Yeah. But um, I, I, I agree with that 100 and, uh, I mean, you can't give more than 100%, but I, mm. I agree with that 110%. Yeah. You, um, because you take something out of everything, good, bad, ugly, you know, it's, it's all, it's all relative. Yeah, that's what's up. That's what's up. I got Bloggy Benilla right here on the Pitch Podcast. For those of you, I guess, just listening or whatever. <laughs> you just got in the car <laughs> with your homie uh, while he's playing this or whatever have you. Um, yeah, I think what I'm going to do is a good time to go ahead and, and get a mix going. So put right. this mix in, play some music, then we'll, we'll get back. All right. All right. The Satchel Page on the Pitch Podcast. Don't, don't. Caught you looking for the same thing. It's a new thing. Check out this. I bring a old Lerobo Lola level because I'm living low next to the base. Come on. Turn up the radio. They're claiming I'm a criminal. But now I wonder how. Some people never know. The enemy could be the Frank Guardian. I'm now a hooligan. I rock the party and clear all the madness. I'm not a racist. Preach the teeth to all. Because some they never had this. Number one. Never want to run about the gun. I wasn't licensed to have one. The minute they see me, fear me, I'm the epitome, a public enemy, used abuse without clues, I refuse to blow a fuse, they even had it on the news. Don't believe the hype, don't, don't, don't believe the hype, don't, 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 don't believe the hype. Yes, was the start of my last jam, so here it is again, another death jam, but since I gave you all a little something that I knew you lacked, they still consider me a new jack. All the critics you can hang on my hold the rope, but they hope to the Pope and pray it ain't dope. The follow-up Farrakhan, don't tell me that you understand until you hear the man. The book up the new school rap game, writers treat me like Coltrane, insane. Yes to them, but to me, I'm a different kind. We're brothers on the same mind, unblind, caught in the middle end, not surrendering. I don't rhyme for the sake of riddling, so claim that I'm a smuggler. Some say I never heard of ya, a rap burglar. False media, we don't need it, do we? It's fake, that's what it be to you, dig me? Yo, Terminator X, step up on the stand and show these people what time it is, boy. Chips like yeah, Nazareth. I'm fucked up, homie. You fucked up, but if God got us, then we gon' be alright.
Uh, and when I wake up, I recognize you looking at me for the pay cut. Bahamas, I be looking at you from the face down. One Mac 11 even boom with the bass down. Skimming, and let me tell you about my life. Painkillers only put me in a twilight. We're pretty pussy and Benjamin is the highlight. I tell my mama I love her, but this what I like. Lord knows. 20 of them in my Chevy. Tell them all to come and get me. Reaping everything I sow. So my karma come in heaven. No preliminary hearings on my record. I'm a motherfucking gangster. Silence for the record. Uh. Tell the world I knew it's too late. Boys and girls, I think I've gone great. Trying to side my faces all day. Won't you please believe when I say? When you know we've been hurt, been down before. Nigga, when our pride was low. Looking at the world like, where do we go? Nigga, and we hate poor poor. Wanna kill us dead in the street for sure. Nigga, I'm at the preacher's door. My knees getting weak and my gun might blow, but we gon' be alright. Breaking up big rocks on a chain gang Breaking rocks and saving my time Breaking rocks out chair on a chain gang Cause I've been convicted of crime Hold it steady right there while I hit it Hurt that reckon that ought to get it Been working, hand working But I still got so terrible long to go I commit the crime, Lord, I need him. Crime of being hungry and poor. I left the grocery store, man, bleeding. When he caught me robbing his stole. Hold him steady right there while I hit it. Hurt, I reckon that ought to get it in the wicked. And wicked. But I still got so terrible long to go. And did you say five years hard labor? Gang, you'd wanna go. 
All right, we are back on the Pitch Podcast with your host, Satchel Page. I got my homie, Blocky Benilia, right here with me inside the man room. The man room. Yes. Uh, by the way, you can check this podcast out on iTunes now. Yes, sir. Uh, Satchel, not me, but the, the Satchel pod- Player. Satchel Player, yes, not Satchel Page. Uh, SoundCloud, I believe, as well, and Dope Media Network. Yep. Right? Dope all all of that, yeah. Yeah. Um, and you can follow Bloggy Benny at unders at uh at bloggy, at bloggy underscore Benilla. That's it. Yeah, on Twitter and don't worry about Facebook and none of that stuff. Yeah, don't don't worry yeah. about all that. We we we, <laughs> we, ain't, we ain't on it like yeah, that. Yeah, I don't uh I, I don't I don't approve new friend requests. Catch that and, block uh, hand fast. Yeah, you catch it quick. <laughs> and I don't post nothing for nobody. Um so Y'all catch me on Twitter. You catch me on Instagram sometimes. Yeah, that's a playing some records. Yeah, that's all it. good. All good. So, um, so yeah, th- th- this week started out with, um, of course, Martin Luther King Jr. Day uh, this Monday. Yes. Uh, which you know I have my own personal views on that day. I think it's it's necessary. However, you know. Um, I guess it's it's been made a mockery by a lot of people because because people are very quick to you know throw in Martin Luther King quotes kind of like not in respect to the man or not something that people can glean from. Whatever, but it's, it's whatever makes them feel better about themselves. Exactly, you know? it, it it is very self serving in the quotes and also. You know, would you please STFU about whatever it is I'm trying to do in my life? Absolutely. You know, so that's that's that right there. Uh, but yeah, we started out with that. Yeah, so that, <laughs> and we ended uh, where today, the twentieth yeah. of January, uh, where this new regime has come in uh, to assume the role of president of the United States and Donald Trump. Uh, and um, what made me want to do this podcast in the first place is kind of like just uh, one to appreciate the music. But then also, in a lot of ways, it is like learning for, for a lot of people, you know, and, and things that, you know, maybe some people, listeners out there are not aware of. Um, but I want to get into, like, the social implications of the music. Uh, back when I was doing poetry a long, 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 long time ago, uh, <laughs> the, uh, one of the po- elder poets, uh, he, he, he told me, because I, I wrote a piece titled The Red Scare. Mm-hmm. I wrote this um, the day after Bush was elected for the second time. Okay. And uh, and I read that piece. And after I read the piece, he came up to me and he told me, he's like, you know, uh, one thing about, like, you know, arts and as it relates to politics is whenever... Uh, there exists like an evil it is the duty of the artist to speak on that evil and one thing that has always existed is whenever there is like a prevailing evil in society uh, a force that is so strong in, in in the negative direction the artistry that comes out of it in 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 the positive direction is just like so powerful. And it made me think when he said that, it made me think a lot about, uh, all of the music and the arts, the protests or the visual art and everything at, uh, at any given point in history that has really, uh, spoke out or spoke against, uh, the status quo and, and what was going on in society and, you know, just, being a voice for people just saying, hey, you know what, regardless of what we read, what you may read in the textbooks about us, you know, 500 years, 500 years from now, everything wasn't all good. You know, there, there was a lot of ugly, you know, that yeah. existed. And uh, yeah. and so with that, I wanted to like kind of discuss uh, how one, I guess the history of protest music, you know, here on this soil, but also kind of, uh, what should we expect? And, you know, I'm giving them two years, either natural causes 
or yeah. he's going to get kicked out of office. But, you know, in the in, in the future, you know, yeah. what what should we expect? What should we be looking for from a music perspective? I have a um, just to add something to that real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, when I got of the age, I guess maybe 14, 15, when I started really diving into music on my own. Up until that point, you know, you get bits and pieces of everything. But, you know, I mean, up until that point, I'm, I'm running out playing sports and, and, and I'm not really, you know, that was the first time I got a, that was like, I guess that was about the age when I got a Walkman. And a Walkman, when we were oh, kids, yeah. <laughs> um, um, to the you younger folks out there, a Walkman was a was the way that we took music with us on the go. We didn't have phones back then right. where we could just pull up anything we wanted to listen to. No, you, you, you had, had to have tapes cassettes. and uh, cassettes. And so you had to have music on those cassettes. And the only way to get music on those cassettes was to record it off something or have or buy the cassette. But, but you know, for us, mix, mix tapes were the big thing. Oh, yeah, we dubbed them things. <laughs> and so we were dubbing whatever. Right. So so I say that to say um, the, the first cassette that I remember popping in my in my Walkman was it takes a nation of millions, mm. and me being white and 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 kind of immersed in the hip hop. You're, you're white. Yes, yes, everybody. <laughs> just just for the record, Bloggy Bunny is white. Um, I have to make that declaration all the time. Actually, um, I was drafted back in 08, yeah. uh, so I am no longer a part of the white party. <laughs> However, my skin tone still remains white. Um, unlike my soul, which is black. <laughs> anyway, so um, I, I just preface that to say the music that stuck out with me the most growing up was the the music about something, right? And, and the music about I grew up in Mississippi. I left Mississippi when I was thirteen. However, things that happened, and that's a, a conversation for another day. In the last couple years that I was here. And and my you know being the the child of a hippie, who my mother was my mother was a, a still is a hippie, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But but that um, that that uh, that 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 sparked something in me, and so um, I always had I, that's just the music I gravitated towards. Mm-hmm. So if it was about something, a social cause, if it was about exposing things, and, and I grew up like I mean the places I grew up, I was always. I mean, my, my father left my mother when I was 15, and, you know, my, I, I mean, we were struggling to make it. I lived in government housing and things like that until until I, I was 18, and, of course, after that, I mean, I, you know, I mean, I didn't have no money, you know, not, right. not much. So, you know, <clears throat> I just, I was granted certain insights into things that go on in this country from a certain vantage point. Yeah. And exactly. so, and things that happened to me later in life also let me see certain things in this country that happen for what they really are. Right. And so, you know, I, I say that and just to say that I've always gravitated towards that music that had a socially, a social consciousness about it. Um, all the way back, I mean, to the, you know, my favorite Stevie Wonder songs or song, songs at Pastime Paradise and, and stuff that was about Social consciousness. Stevie was very social. People, people yeah. like to say, you know, people like to say what they will. But Steve, Steve was talking you, some junk. You know, the the love songs caught on, and yeah. that's what made it commercial. And that's great, but, which is cool. I mean, it's yeah. kind of, because there, there's a place for all of it. You Absolutely. Know? Um, but yeah, I mean, you you listen to, I say Stevie, once he. Struck that new deal with Motown. It's like, okay, I'm yeah. gonna do my music my Absolutely. way. You know, the, the where I'm coming from album, yeah. music of my mind, talking book. Those three in particular. Oh, and and intervisions. Uh, those three and four in particular. It's like heavy social context. But then then even afterwards, you know, yeah. you know, it wasn't just uh, the Happy Birthday song from Martin Luther King Jr. I mean, he was no, doing long before then. You know, yeah, where like, I'm coming from, people sleep on that album yeah, a yeah, lot. Yeah. Um, just so y'all know, y'all sleeping on it, right? <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's like, so you remember we were, we were on the group message and we were talking about uh the the J Cole yes. album, yes, and you know our, our issues with J Cole. You know, I I've never gone on record to say that Jermaine can't rap. No, like absolutely, you know, he can rap. 
Absolutely. Right? He raps the hell out of a lullaby. You know, <laughs> it's you know, and it's like, not yes, it's a lullaby. It is yeah. okay. Yeah. But beyond that, you know, it's like you know, people say. Oh, he's making music that's you know above y'all, and that's why y'all don't like it, and you know because he's you know doing something. It's like, dude, it's not different. Like, okay, it's 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 socially conscious. If you haven't listened to socially conscious music, where's the soul at? That's you know, what. That's yeah. what I always. That's how I I relate to something. Like, exactly. Like, you know, you listen to the last poets. You listen to 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 Public Enemy. You listen to Dead Prez. Uh, anything Oscar Brown you listen to those guys there is a there is a there's a consciousness that's much deeper than just what they're saying right there's a conviction to to the lyrics there's a conviction to what Curtis was singing there's a conviction to what Donnie was singing there's a conviction I mean there's Nina Simone I mean there was a conviction to what Nina was singing and what she was saying It's, it's like they were prepared to die (laughs) <laughs> for what absolutely they were singing and and and, and, and i yes. think you know th- i think they knew that that was that could very well be a reality i mean you know look you can't sit here and tell me that nina simone can come out and write mississippi goddamn and not think that you know there'd be some repercussions behind that you well, know well, Gil let himself become an addict from it. Yes, I mean, exactly. Gil, Gil let himself take on so much of that pain and so much of that anguish that he literally became an addict in order to, in order to, to, to Kinda, cope, to yeah, self yeah, yeah. medicate from it, but wouldn't give the addiction up because he knew that he needed that to fuel his creativity, what he was doing, and his consciousness of it. It's a, it's a really, it's, a, it's a crazy thing if you go back and watch some of like the documentaries and stuff like from from Gill from like the late seventies, early eighties, when he's talking. It's like it's like you know he's there, like right. you you understand what he's going through, but yet he's doing it to himself because he he feels a certain he feels a certain duty. To, to do what yeah, he's that, doing. Yeah, that, that's what I was gonna gonna say. It's like, you know, in order for him to to speak on the issues of the people, I mean, you have to be the people. You have you know, to. And, and, you know, I'm not gonna go out there and do any heroin or nothing like that, but, you know, that, that was a reality because yeah. he was so immersed in the struggle yeah. uh, uh, of the people that it ended up costing him his life. You know, he, yeah. he, oh, he yeah. became an addict, like I said, because of that. And, you know, the unfortunate thing is he's not alone with that, no. you know, and, no. and, he, and he wasn't the first either, you no. know. I mean, um, when, like, when I when I look at it and I, I think about, uh, I'm sitting here looking at my records and the, and the one that pops out from me is, is Jackie McLean's Let Freedom Ring, you know, Yes, sir. And right, and you know, for him, if you know, like, what was going on in his life before, you know, because he's he was at that point, you know, a recovering heroin addict as well. You know, yeah. he, he same time that that Miles was 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 on the junk, and um, he I think that album was recorded in 64 or something mm-hmm. and when you listen to I mean it is it's so different from what he did before before then and it was like such a clear message you know I mean just in the title itself yeah. you know it's like we're out here making music for the people uh, it's not about getting nods in the magazines or you know, getting the gigs in the fancy places, you know, we we're out here speaking for the people. Um, and then he did that, and he and he did uh, I think right before that, uh, one step beyond. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorites of his uh, introduced Tony Williams yes. to a lot of people. I think he was like thirteen. <laughs> yeah. Thirteen or fourteen, when he did that album. Um, but yeah, I mean, there, there, there's so much, you know, that we that we learn from in the music, you know, uh, pertaining to the people, you know, and I think that's what makes the music here so different from uh, 
in you know other forms of music in 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 other countries is like the music here is deeply connected to the people and, and the struggle of the people um which is also why you know you know blues is what blues is and why oh God, you, yeah you know I mean, you know and why so many of the greats the legends you know come from you know predominantly humble backgrounds you know because they they and they carry that struggle with them all the way through throughout their careers and was able to make the kind of music that they made yeah um man i i agree I, they're just I'm a fan of world music. Um, I like going to different countries and, and not going to different countries, traveling, but but going to different countries via the internet, which mm-hmm. is why we have technology. Right. Um, but no, I, I, I enjoy listening to music from other countries and, and, and you don't hear that same soul in places that aren't deeply ingrained in some sort of struggle. Right. And the struggle always brings out it brings out a it brings out the soul in the music. It brings out like a deeper, deeper rooted meaning to the music. Uh, I mean, you can listen to music that makes you want to dance. You can listen to music that 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 you know that makes you want to you know you know take your take your your wife or your your, <laughs> your significant your other <laughs> to uh, you know. But but the music that's a, that's about struggle and the music that's about you know that's of the people. It's always it always resonates higher, and it always it always hits you just a little bit more. Um, I mean, that's why. I mean, that's that's what drew me. That's what drew me to a lot of it. You know, it's it's just it makes you think. It takes your brain to it. It takes your brain to a certain place, and it started with jazz, really, yeah. and the blues. I mean, the blues was always about right. You know, coming from you know and just struggling, but the jazz really was too. Jazz was really too, if you listen to it. Oh I yeah, mean, most definitely. If you listen to Max Roach's uh, "We Insist," yes, bro, or even "Money Jungle," like yes. you listen to that joint. Yes. Like, I, I mean, you're talking about like some just some some just some deep deep and we're talking about instrumental stuff so i mean you're not talking you know you're not listening right. to what they're singing you're listening yes. to what they're saying with their what they're what they're saying with their instruments and you know what they're arranging and putting together and and it's 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 always 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 more meaningful and 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 to anybody and and i, I challenge anyone to say that it's not um and, and prove me prove me wrong prove me otherwise but i think if you're someone who is of the people and for the people and, 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 and really genuinely in, in, the, in the bottom of your heart want what's best for everyone, that music really reaches out to you and, 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 and speaks to you from a different place. Indeed. Indeed, indeed. This is the Pitch Podcast with your host, Satchel Page. Uh, speaking of like protest music and whatnot, we do have Oscar Brown uh, playing in the background. Yes, we do. Yeah, one of, one of my... Uh, Man, do you remember the stuff he did on... Uh, Deaf poetry. Actually, I don't. Man, go Death back. Poetry. Yeah, go back and look it up. Um, go go on YouTube. There's two poems. Um, I can't remember the names of them right now. Let me pull them up. Okay. Man, he is. Uh, <laughs> I, that's. I mean, and this was what ninety. Yeah, it had to be ninety eight. Yeah. Uh, this is what introduced me to his music because I I didn't know anybody that I mean nobody that I was around knew like had access to his music. Yeah. So, um, he was on there, and I'm gonna look it up real quick. I can't remember the name of the poem. Okay, well, that's what's up. Yeah, but we got Oscar Brown, uh, singing soul and then some, playing right here. Um, uh, what what else was I, I about to bring up? Because you had mentioned like uh, like the Max Roach, you yeah. Know? And and I I think you know when we talk about like the quote unquote and again I have to use the term so people understand I'm talking about the jazz or whatever I mean that that's the thing that's like for me that that really sticks out with it is that for you know people have this idea that jazz when you hear that word it's like they think of these big bands and these fancy suits and you know, a glass of wine yeah, and a cigarette or a cigar or something and people just <laughs> snapping their fingers and, you yeah. know, and it's like, yeah, I mean, there's that. 
but that's not the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, you well, know, it's, it's like when people pigeonhole hip hop. Yeah, and, exactly. Know, and, and talk about Fetty Wap or, or right, or, um, you know, something like that. And and, and because and of that, not to cut you off, but because of that, you end up thinking that. J. Cole is like <laughs> the socially aware guy right J. now. J. Cole is Chuck. I'm like, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, if you yeah. say so, buddy. Uh, you you found you found it. Yeah, it's I apologize. Okay, is the name of it. So y'all check that out. It is, um, man, it's it's it, it's very very powerful, and it was my introduction to Oscar Brown, and so um, after that, of course, I. I there are different ways back in back <laughs> back then that you looked for music. Right. Um, you went to CD stores and you asked them if they had anything by that name. And of course, I went to the CD store and they told me no and laughed at me. So I went to the, I went to the locally owned CD store that I ended up working at for a little while called uh, Backbeat. And um, lo and behold, there it is. There it is. And so, um, but yeah. Anyway, check that out. I apologize. It's from. I think it's from season two of Deaf of uh, Deaf Poetry. Okay, so y'all definitely check. Yeah, that I think out. I think uh, did I catch the second season? It was like a season or two that, that I skipped or whatever. You know, and it was always it was always yeah. hit and miss. Yes, um, you know there was some great moments. I think on that episode that was the introduction to um, who else? Was, I think Saul Williams was in that episode. Okay. Yeah, and he did um, he he did something. There's one other pretty decent poet in that but normally that stuff was a lot of miss and, and not a not a whole lot of hits after the first season season one was pretty good but after the first season they yeah. were really digging to find yeah it, it was got real cheesy yes got real watered down yeah you remember uh suhair hamad she's the palestinian chick on yes. there yes oh yes yes yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes yes how about this so um this was september this is like late September 2005. This is after Katrina. So yeah. right right after Katrina. Okay. Um, I was working with the Young People's Project, and um, uh, so right after Katrina, you had you know you had a lot of people coming to volunteer and stuff, and you know a lot of them were staying in Jackson because they couldn't get all the way into New Orleans, but they would they would stop and you know stay yeah. in Jackson, okay. and then ride out. To New Orleans. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so um, uh, Dr. Moses' daughter is like, she comes and asks me, like, hey, you got these two ladies that want to come, you know, stay with y'all for uh, for a while while they while they go down to yeah. New Orleans. And so I was like, well, you know, I don't, when it comes to like people staying over, if it's like a woman, I don't make that decision, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Helena has to make that decision. So she was like, yeah, whatever, that's cool. And so, um, so they come in and it's two ladies. Uh, one, this, she was like in, just turned 50, mm-hmm. 50 year old uh, Jewish lady named Kathy Engel, really good friend of mine, great poet, great yeah. poet from, uh, she's from New York. And then the other one comes in. And she mentions her name. I'm like, okay, hey, well, yeah, what's up, whatever. You know, I look at her like, you kind of look familiar, but I don't know, whatever. Yeah. And so then she, like, I mentioned that I was, like, into poetry and stuff. She's like, oh, yeah, I do poetry too, whatever. Like, okay, cool. So uh, she, like, read, a, we were, like, reading poems or whatever, yeah. like, eating spaghetti or whatever and reading poems. And then it, like, clicked. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> and, I, and so I go, I go back, I go uh, in my bedroom, and I call my friend Alex. I'm like, Alex, man, what's her name? What's her name? You know, what was it? Suhair Ahmad? Yeah, dude. She's, like, in the dining room right now. You know what I'm saying? No, what? No way. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, man. And so, like, then I come out, like, yeah, I remember you now. It, it, yeah. it clicked. Whatever. So, yeah, like, she, she stayed with us for, like, a week or so. And you know, real cool, real cool person. Yeah. Like you know, swap context and everything. I got her book and CD. Yeah. Uh, that, that she released then. Um. Yeah, just real, real cool person. You know, uh, she she loved Mississippi. That was like her first time in Mississippi. Really? So like I said, yeah. you know, so here my first time in Mississippi. She's like she stayed over there she in my house. At the <laughs> stayed at the crib. Stayed at the crib. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's on the couch. Up. Right. Yeah. But that's that's what's up, man. Um. That's cool. That is cool. So, I think we are good. Anything? You got some shout-outs? 
Um, no, y'all just check out a comprehensive beatdown. Yes. Get an opportunity uh, on Satchel Player. Uh, we're on Twitter, Comp Beatdown. Uh, we're on Facebook, Comprehensive Beatdown. And we're on dopemedianetwork.com, which you can also find the Pitch Podcast. Um, you can follow me on Twitter uh, if you want. Um, I might say some stuff to make you mad or make you laugh. <laughs> I might make some stuff to make you mad or make you smile or make you cry. It, it really just depends on what's going on in my world. That's like my only release sometimes. I know, right? So I put the I probably put the most random stuff on there. Like I'm probably gonna go put this Oscar Brown. Um, Thing up on there here in a minute but you can follow me at, at bloggy b-l-o-g-g-y underscore bonilla b-o-n-i-l-l-a um and that's it uh that's, that's so and that's about. what i love about twitter so much because it's like you know i get to just be myself and, i probably you know. won't i, I flirted <laughs> with, flirted with deleting all my social media accounts and i probably will at some point but yeah twitter, i'm gonna keep twitter yeah that, that's the thing it's like <laughs> It's just so much fun, man. And I don't have to see... Like, nobody I follow retweets garbage. Right. I don't have to see any of that stuff. On Facebook, like... It, Facebook will just give you something. It, it, nobody you know might even like what it... And it just shows up. And Like, honestly, right now, I keep my Facebook account to troll. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. And, and just to see, like, you know, what are the dumb people saying? You and they're know, saying stuff, and they or, are yeah. saying, and they are saying stuff. You know what? What are they believing now? Yeah. What? What? What is it they believe now? What fake news do yeah. they? <laughs> oh my gosh! Are they posting now? You know? Yeah, man. I, I just yeah. It, it's funny, you know. But Twitter is like great. Tw- Twitter is great. There's man. so Twitter's many. Awesome. There's so many subsections of Twitter that are so fun. Yeah, I mean, it's just I can watch, I can sit there and read Twitter and 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 just laugh and right. instantly change like if I'm in a bad mood or if I'm stressed out or something and instantly change that. So that's, um, I don't know. That's, that's the beautiful thing about Twitter, man. So I probably won't give it up until they figure out a way to screw it up. Yeah. You're going to start charging us or something like, nah, yeah. I'm even, out. Yeah. yeah then, then I'm gone. <laughs> we ain't on it like I'm that. Twitter. Yeah, yeah. We're not cool. With that cool. we ain't on it like I, that. I still got group messages. Right. <laughs> All right, so yeah, this is the Pitch Podcast with your host, Satchel Page. Check me out, Dope Media Network, also Satchel Player, not Satchel Page. iTunes, SoundCloud, and all that other stuff. Oh, follow me at the Pitch 29 on Twitter. Oh, wow, I didn't know you had a... Uh, yeah, I just, I just started that, yeah. Nice. I think I followed you, you didn't follow me back, but whatever, it's all I good. <laughs> I, I, I got you. I, I had no reason to post anything yet. But um, I'm I'm going to start using that to to post a podcast cool. up and everything. So yeah, yeah, we're out. Um, love on somebody, shake a hand, hug a neck, like we used to say in church. That's just it. Uh, <laughs> can I say one more thing? Go ahead. Go can ahead. I, can I? Can I? Can I? Can I keep going? Keep going. Um, no. Nah, um, I say that. Uh, that's all we've got to do for the next however many years, man. Just just all the madness going on. Just love somebody. Just just. You know, hold your friends, you know, keep your friends close. If you love somebody, tell them you love them. I don't care if it's another guy. Don't be afraid to tell somebody that because those words are powerful and those words can mean a lot to somebody. So. I love you, man. Yeah, I love you too, brother. That's Thanks for having up? me on the show. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> yeah, Dwight Tribble himself, he said love is the answer to how do we save the world. It is. So with that, we are out. We will be able to bring that new day of freedom into being. If we will do this, we will be able to make the American dream a reality. And I do not want to give you the impression that it's going to be easy. There can be no great social gain without individual pain. Before the victory for brotherhood is won, some will have to get scarred up a bit. Before the victory is won, some more will be thrown into jail. Before the victory is won, some, like Medgar Evers, may have to face physical death. But a physical death is the price that some must pay to free their children and their white brothers from an eternal psychological death. Then nothing can be more redemptive. Before the victory is won, some will be misunderstood and called bad names. But we must go on with a determination and with a faith that this problem can be solved. And so I go back to the South, not in despair, 
I go back to the South not with a feeling that we are caught in a dark dungeon that will never lead to a way out. I go back believing that the new day is coming. And so this afternoon, I have a dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. I have a dream that one day, right down in Georgia and Mississippi and Alabama, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to live together as brothers. I have a dream this afternoon that one day, one day little white children and little Negro children will be able to join hands as brothers and sisters. I have a dream this afternoon that one day, one day men will no longer burn down houses in the church of God simply because people want to be free. I have a dream this afternoon that there will be a day we will no longer, we will no longer face the atrocities that Emmett Till had to face or Medgar Evers had to face, but that all men can live with dignity. I have a dream this afternoon that my four little children, my four little children will not come up in the same young days that I came up within, but they will just be judged on the basis of the content of their character, not the color of their skin. I have a dream this afternoon. One day right here in Detroit, Negroes will be able to buy a house, a rent a house, anywhere that their money will carry them. They will be able to get a job. Yes, I have a dream this afternoon. One day in this land, the words of Amos will become real. Justice will roll down like waters and righteousness like a mighty stream. I have a dream this evening that one day we will recognize the words of Jefferson that all men are created equal. They are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I have a dream this afternoon. that one day every valley shall be exalted. Every hill and mountain shall be made low. The rough places will be made plain and the crooked places will be made straight and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together. I have a dream this afternoon that the brotherhood of man will become a reality in this day with this faith. I will go out, carve a tunnel of hope through the mountain of despair with this faith. I will go out with you and transform dark yesterdays into bright tomorrows. With this faith, we will be able to achieve this new day when all of God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics will be able to join hands and sing with the Negroes in the spiritual of all, free at last, free at last.